Okay, so um, I really felt that going into 2023, um, God just uh, dropped this in my spirit. And so I've named it the light within. The light within. And I have a bit of a visual thing. Somebody gave me this as a present a few years ago. And, and I was writing with it the other day. And I'd, I'd forgotten that actually, it's a, for those on the podcast, it's a, light, a, a pen that lights up from within. So I'm just going to leave that, you know, lit throughout the sermon. So you can just have a bit of a visual um, representation of what we're talking about. And it's brilliant, isn't it? Beautiful lights flashing and, and I, you know, I don't know if that's quite what, uh, what he means by the light within. But, you know, you get the idea. So I'm just going to leave that because I was writing with it the other day. And I just, <laughs> you have to twist it until a bit further. And that's what happens. So I'm just going to keep that going while I preach. So it gives a bit of a visual representation. I'll put it there. Can you all see it there? <laughs> so I'm going to look at... oh. The Bible talks about three lights. Three lights. And so the first light is the light from heaven. And I've got various scriptures. I've got lots of scriptures in here just so that we can understand that this is from, this is what the scriptures say. So the first, one of the first ones in Genesis 1, the, the scripture that the light came from heaven It says, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God said it and it happened. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness night. So that was the first light that came from heaven. The next one, Matthew 17, verses 1 to 5. It says, six days later... Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. (coughs) Suddenly, (coughs) Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials. One for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them, them and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. And what a marvellous experience for the disciples to have at this point, um, to have gone up the mount you know, up the mountain with Jesus and just to have the heaven opened up and a light from heaven came and Moses and Elijah came and talked with Jesus. Jesus was transformed in his appearance and he was bright and shining. So it was another light from heaven. And then Acts 9 verse 3 says, as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And this is taken from um, where, um, yeah, Paul has an, has an encounter with Jesus in a light from heaven. And 
you know, I've listened to a lot of people over my time and, and certainly listened to different encounters that people have had with Jesus. And certainly Paul Keith Davies, for one of them, had an encounter where it was just light, light from heaven. And there was a, a figure and he never saw who the figure was, but he knew that it was Jesus. So Jesus is this light from heaven and this light from heaven came to Saul and that was his first encounter with Jesus. So that's number one, the light from heaven. And then secondly, the second light is the light of Jesus. So John 8 verse 12 says, Then Jesus said, I am light to the world, and those who embrace me will experience life-giving light, and they will never walk in darkness. I am light to the world, and those who embrace me will experience life-giving light. And they will never walk in darkness. We have all embraced Jesus. So we will experience life-giving light and we will never walk in darkness. What a great promise. Because of Jesus, who is the light to the world or the light of the world. 1 John 1, 7. But if we keep living in the pure light that surrounds him, we share unbroken fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, continually cleanses us from all sin so this is the light of God God is surrounded by pure light and if we keep living in that pure light then we share unbroken fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son continually cleanses us from all sin we've already had the word about us being dead to sin and it's his blood that continually cleanses because we all sin we all sin you know, once a day, twice a day, whatever. But because we're dead to sin and Jesus, it says there the blood of Jesus continually cleanses us from sin. So it's an ongoing process of being cleansed from sin. 1 John 1, uh, sorry, John 1, 4 to 9. In him was life and that light was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And then Acts 26 verse 18. This was where Paul was talking to King Agrippa. And he was telling him about his encounter with Jesus when he told him his destiny and his calling. And he says, he said he'd had this encounter and he said, Jesus said, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. So that's secondly, the light of Jesus. And then thirdly, the light within Now, at this point, I must say, and for those listening on the podcast, that there is a thinking in the new age about light, you know, light bearing and all of that, this sort of thing. But then, but if people access the essence of God in creation without going through Jesus, then they pick up a very, very different sort of light. And there's a lot of stuff in new age that's about light. And Lucifer himself, Lucifer means light bearer. 
And it says in the Bible that Lucifer masquerades as an angel of light. I'm not talking about that light. I am talking about the light that comes from the scripture when you access the light through Jesus, who says, I am the way, the truth and the life. So 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says, but you are not like that. For you are a chosen people, you are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Wow, we are such a privileged people this morning when we've been called out of the darkness and into the wonderful light of his kingdom. Matthew 5, 14 to 16 says, your lives light up the world. Wow, that is a statement and a half, isn't it? Your lives, when you are a Christian, our lives light up the world. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that your commendable works will shine as light upon them. And then they will give their praise to your father in heaven. Cool, you could do a sermon on each one of these, couldn't you? (laughs) 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 to 7 says, If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and we see ourselves and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God said, let there be light in the darkness. Sorry, for God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. Again, it's this whole thing, yet not I, but Christ in me. This light that dwells within each one of us. But you know, there are some things that can block our light. So we have three lights. We've talked about the light from heaven, the light of Jesus and the light within. But sometimes our light can be blocked. So what is it that blocks our light? Well, number one is unbelief and lack of trust. And why does unbelief and lack of trust block our light? Well, it comes back to this, if my people knew what they held inside, they would change the world. Now, I have spent years and years and years not trusting God. And so that was lack of trust and unbelief. And many are still Christians, but they still don't trust God or they're still living in unbelief. And, you know, around us, and we've all been in in services where 
The whole gospel has not been preached. Some of it has been preached. But it's, a lot of it is watered down. And it's like, well, so what? Jesus died for our sin. So what? What does that, how, you know, it's all been very much watered down. And yet, if you know and get to know the God who we serve, wow. It's just, why do you not believe? And yet we do. And, and, and the very, you know, um, you know, there are legitimate reasons that we don't trust God or we don't believe. There's a lot of unbelief. And that's, you know, that's perfectly understandable. And yet, through trials, God draws us closer. So it could be that we go through a trial and we go, well... If, God, if you loved me, God, then you, you know, why, would, why did you put me through this? You know, we've all asked those questions. But you see, it's, instead of saying like that, God tr- uses our trials and he means to draw us closer. So instead of saying, why are you, why are you putting, me through, putting me through that if you love me? We need to change a mindset and go, okay, why is God allowing this trial in my life? Why? Um, what is God going to knock off my character that maybe is a little bit spiky that makes me more like him? And when I was, you know, going through my healing process, it took me two years of, you know, me and the Holy Spirit going through this healing process. One night, um, I, was, I was just praying and I went into this vision and it was the vision of me in a cage. And I've spoken to you about it before. And this is sometimes what, what happens. We, we kind of crawl into our different cages. And we, and we kind of feel that that cage, whatever that is, unbelief or lack of trust or, you know, um, is, is, is our security. So this cage that I was in, God showed me that I'd been in this cage for a very, very long time. And it was... I looked at the cage and it wasn't a cage that I couldn't get through the bars. The bars were actually this far apart. But but I think that this cage was my security. And maybe it was unbelief and maybe it was lack of trust. But I know that I'd been in this cage for many, many years. And then as I watched this vision, I saw Jesus come and he opened the cage door. And he he held out his hand and he took me out of this cage. And he said, I'm taking you out of this cage now and you will eventually open the cages for other people. And then that's what, you know, we we did Sozo. And this is, you know, uh, an emotional healing ministry. And so, you know, and and that's what we do. And we open the the Lord through through the Holy Spirit's leading. He opens the cages, the, the cage doors for people. So this morning... What's block, if, if unbelief and lack of trust is what you're leaning on as your security, then I'll, Jesus wants to open the door to, today for, your, for you to come out. And instead of unbelief and lack of trust, he wants you to put your hand in his hand so that he can lead you and you can trust him. And instead of this cage being your security... Let Jesus be your security and then, and then that light will, will shine even brighter. Number two, sin. 
Sin puts a veil over our light so that it dims the light within us. And it veils our witness for God, especially if other people see us in our sin. And then it will give them ammunition and it might turn them away. We've, we've heard lots of accusations through our lives, either against ourselves or against other Christians, about being hypocrites. Oh, you're supposed to be a Christian and you do that. Well, that's not very good. Oh, don't want anything, I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want anything to do with your Christianity. If you're a Christian and, and yet, you, I mean, I have heard that so many times. I don't want to go to church because they're all hypocrites. And, you know, church, church does hurt people. You know, there's no doubt about it. The number of times I've heard, oh, well, I was ill and I didn't go for, five, for four weeks and nobody contacted me. You know, sometimes we, we, can, we can, we can hurt people. And, it, you know, it discourages, um, you know, others around us. But it's not about bringing people to church, is it? It's bringing people to Jesus. Amen. Isn't it? You know, we've for years and years and years, and, and maybe that was, it was the right thing at the time. It was about, you know, in every church I've ever been to, it's always the pastor going, bring people to church. And we've had this mindset that if we bring people to church, they will hear the gospel and then they'll get saved. And so the responsibility is we have to just bring them and then it's, it's somebody else's responsibility to preach the gospel. And, you know, well, it's not. We have to take Jesus, bring people to Jesus and how we do it is bringing the light of God. That's what the, that's what the scriptures that we've just re, uh, read all say. It's not about taking people to church. It's about bringing people to Jesus. And if we are in habitual <laughs> sin or, you know, we sin in any way, habitual sin is sin that you keep doing over and over and over again. And it blocks the light. It blocks the light for ourselves and it blocks the light of God uh, for other people. So, so that's the second one. Sin blocks the light. The third one, wrong relationships. This could be personal relationships, work relationships, friendships. Any, relation, any relationship that drains us and is hard work is, can block our light because the focus is always on that relationship and not our relationship with Jesus. God wants our relationship to be with him to be a priority in our lives. And so if we've got if we're in wrong relationships with people or, you know, there's, there's this again, there's this thought <coughs> which we've all done at times. We've all thought, um, oh, we've got to be nice to them. We've got to, you know, we've got to be nice to them. But actually, if they're draining you and if the relationship is hard work and it's taking your focus off Jesus then get rid of it. You know, you know I've recently been very hurt by, by a friend and, I, and, and I've kind of gone, well, oh, yes, I've forgiven this person and yes, I've done all that, but will I, will I then, if, if they you know, reach out to me, will I then take that up? I may do, I may not. But, but I'm just saying that some relationships, God, actually, if we don't get rid of them, God will take them out of our way. Because he wants the light to shine. He wants to use us. And he wants, he's got a destiny and a calling for each one of us. And if there are people in our lives that are blocking our destiny or our light, then sometimes he will remove them. So wrong relationships. Because God loves to spend time with us. And if we focus on wrong relationships, 
then he misses out. And he's a jealous God, isn't he? He loves to spend time with us and in communication with us. And if we're always, you know, focusing on, on relationships that we shouldn't be focusing on, and we've all done it, we've all done it, you know, but God wants us to, to focus on him and our relationship with him. Number four, sickness, mental health, depression, anxiety, etc. Again, it takes our focus off God. And I'm not saying that, you know, we don't struggle with sickness. And, and I don't know, sickness, you know, isn't of God, obviously. Depression isn't of God. And I know there is a clinical depression and, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't take medication to do all of that. But again, it's, and I learned last week, this week, sorry, that Charles Spurgeon had bouts of really deep depression and fear and anxiety and unbelief. And yet, Charles Spurgeon, you know, he pushed through and he, you know, despite how he was feeling, he kept, he kept going to Jesus and he kept preaching. And his, you know, some of his stuff is quoted, you know, in pulpits every week. Because of the profoundness of his relationship with God, and yet, you know, he suffered with all these bouts of depression. And, you know, John Bunyan, I think, I saw this video, this was what I was amazed at. And it was about mental illness. And all of, they quoted all of these people who are great men of God, and yet, you know, they suffered bouts of depression. So I'm not saying that depression is, is wrong, um, but if, if it does come upon us, we really must just push through. Say, I'm not going to partner with that feeling. And I know sometimes, because I have it occasionally, where, you know, I had it over Christmas, where for a couple of days I was completely just swamped with depression and not hopelessness, because I don't, I, I, you know, but just this, ugh. But sickness and mental health, uh, you know, depression, anxiety, that can, that can block our light, can't it? Because, again, it takes our focus off, off Jesus. And, you know, the last few years, we've had a lot of, you know, fear and anxiety and despair. You know, I, I, as I say, I've, I've stopped watching the news now because there is so much bad news and so much hopelessness and so much fear mongering. And, you know, it, it really has affected us all, I think, to, to, to one degree or another. You know, when I was talking to, to Rachel in the week, you know, she, she's, you know, she really, really suffers. And, and I said, just stop watching the news and stop watching all this stuff. You know, because it can, it can bring us down. Even though we know that what's happening in the world is all heading towards, you know, uh, the return of Christ. So that gives us something to be grateful for. But there's so much where we, we look at our friends and our family. And, and this is, you know, what she's been going through. When she looks at her husband and she looks at, at kids and, and we look at our, our unsaved loved ones. And we just feel so, so desperate for them. And so, you know, that can take, that can block our light within, you know, because of worry and concern and, and you know, and, and, and all of that. So how do we keep our light shining, this light within? How do we keep our light shining? Well, there's no getting away from it. But first and foremost... We need to read the scriptures so that we know God's view on things. And the more we read it and the more we understand it and it gets into our spirit, the easier it is to discern. And there is so much 
um, stuff going on, you know, uh, even on social media and different conflicting opinions and all of this stuff that, you know, and again, this was a conversation that we had, I had in the week. You know, there's so much out there on social media that you've got to be incredibly discerning. And the only way that we can be discerning is know what God's view of things are. So that when somebody says something that, that there's a check in our spirit, it's like, mm, I don't know if that's right. The only way that we walk in the light is in the light, if we carry on walking in the light of scripture and knowing what God's view is of things. So that's number one. Number two, how do we keep our light shining? Worship. Now the devil hates it when we worship. He was once an archangel who was in charge of the worship in heaven. And then because his pride got the better of him and he wanted to be worshipped, God threw him out of heaven. So when we worship God, the devil hates it because it reminds him of what he's lost. And if you read in Revelation 13, the final act of the Antichrist is for him to be worshipped. So right from the beginning, before even the earth was in existence and the devil Lucifer became prideful because he wanted to be worshipped, all the way down the centuries to the final time on earth of the Antichrist, he still is the devil and he still, his final act will be, I want you to worship me. So all of it has been about, all of, the, all of this, you know, eons, centuries later, it's all been about the devil wanting our worship. So if we worship Jesus... It is incredibly powerful because, it, you know, I, I remember talking to John once about it. And he says it's like, it's like you know, when, when nettles, you get stung by nettles. It's like, it's like him being thrashed with nettles and he just backs off because nobody likes being <laughs> thrashed with nettles, do they? But he can't stand our worship of God. And so the second thing that we could keep our light shining is by worshipping. And we love worshipping, don't we? We are a worshipping church. We love worshipping Jesus. But in our daily walk, we, you know, we carry on. We need to carry on worshipping Jesus. We cannot underestimate how important it is for our Christian walk to worship. Worship God. Worship Jesus. Worship the Holy Spirit. Because again, it brings our focus back onto God and our light shines. Number three, always choose purity righteousness and the ways of God, even if it goes against the ways of culture and society. <coughs> and I don't know if I heard it this week or, you know, I was reading something and it was saying how Christians are, well, we, we all know Christianity is just not adhered to anymore, you know, at all. It's, it's be who you want to be, you know. Do what you want to do. And even the Church of England... And I just was, couldn't get my head around this. I don't know if you've heard it. Um, this guy, um, Church of England vicar, dressed, well, he's a transgender or non-binary, whatever, and he wants to go into schools to make, you know, this whole thing normal. And I'm going, why is Justin Welby, why is Justin Welby allowing this guy, I mean, the guy needs prayer. You know, I saw a picture, I was watching something, you know, again on, on social media, and he was talking 
Oh, I, honestly, I, it just, I couldn't get my head around it. So even the established church is now going totally against the words of Scripture. And we need to pray for them. Um, but we need to stand up for what the Word of God says, even if it goes against the ways of the culture of society. Be brave and courageous, keeping on the armour of God and knowing whose we are and how much we are loved by our Creator. He is still on our side. He still wants us to walk in, in um, purity and righteousness and his ways. Because this earth is not all there is, is this? We all know that there's, you know, there's, there's a heaven to, to gain and a hell to shun. And, you know, what we do in this life sets us up, for want of a better phrase, for what we're going to do in heaven and what we're going to do when we come back with Jesus to reign on the earth for a thousand years. You know, it's all, you know, and I just can't wait for that. You know, when the, when the enemy is, is, is locked up in the, in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. So that means sin, doesn't, sin won't be prevalent, you know, and it will be good. There'll be peace on the earth. And, and Jesus will reign from, you know, he, the government will be on his shoulders. And the fairness and justice will, you know, oh, I just can't wait for that day. But we will be with him. And what we do in this life, you know, we, sets us up for what we will do when we come back on the earth. Oh, so it's not, you know, we're not, we're not enduring persecution for no reason. You know, we've said this before. We don't endure ridicule and persecution and all of the stuff for no reason. It's, it's you know, oh, it's incredible. Because it's, it's building for us. For, you know, for the, for the age to come. And lastly, praying and listening to God because we are in union with him. And, you know, when, when I first got the Carry the Fire revelation in 2014, it's been a long, long journey and I've had to take off a lot of wrong thinking and wrong mindsets. And I'm still doing that. I'm still doing that every day. In fact, you know, even the last few weeks... I've kind of changed my mind on stuff because, again, we've, I've, I've had more revelation on, on stuff that I thought was okay. But I'm kind of, with, it, with this new information, I'm kind of, hmm. But when it comes, so it's been a long journey of unpicking stuff that we've heard and, and we've taken on board. But it's this simple revelation. We are in union with Jesus we are hidden in Christ. We are in union with him. We are in the vine. He is the vine. We are the branches. And it's just that simple. Um, it's just that simple revelation of Jesus living within us. Jesus, Christ in us, the hope of glory is what the Bible says. I can't read my, my writing there. Oh, partnering with heaven, yeah. So, so we're in union with him and we're partnering with heaven. And so we're just simply his servants. We are his hands and his feet. And what an immense privilege that is. But that's the glory of the gospel. That our sin no longer is held against us. Jesus lives within us. We are hidden in Christ. We are partnering with heaven. And the glory's coming. And it's, you know, and it's, you know, God got, he's only got us. 
to, and we are light to the world and light in the world. And then Ephesians 5, 8 to 10 says, once your life was full of sin's darkness, but now you have the very light of our Lord shining through you because of your union with him. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to live as children flooded with his revelation light. And the supernatural fruits of his life will be seen in you, goodness, righteousness and truth. Then you will learn to choose what is beautiful to our Lord. We choose. Then we will choose because we realise that our union with him and our, the, to live as a children flooded with light, supernatural fruits of this life, light will be seen in you, goodness, righteousness and truth. And you will not even, you'll get to a point, I remember Bill Johnson saying this, that you do it without choosing because of him with it, with us, you do it. You are good, you are true, you are righteous, you are, you know, you, you do dispense justice. And it just happens because of our union with him. And, and that's just beautiful. So I'll go back to Matthew 5, 14 to 16. Your lives light up the world. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that your commendable works will shine as light upon them. And then they will give their praise to your father in heaven. How wonderful. And so I just want us to take a few minutes (coughs) to think about our lives. Is there anything that is blocking our light in our lives. And I want us to pray for each other. And I want you to really think about this. It are the things in your life. And I want you to be open and vulnerable. Because I think we know each other well enough to be open and vulnerable to each other. And I just want us to pray for each other and for anything that we feel is blocking our light. And, and for that to be lifted as we go into 2023, because I think it's going to be such an exciting year. You know, I haven't done a a sort of, oh, this is what we're going to do in 2023, because I just think the momentum from last year will just carry on. We've got lots and lots of things to do in 2023. But if there's anything that's blocking our light in our lives, then let's deal with it just as we go into the year. Let's just deal with that as we pray for each other. The light we carry within us and the prayers <coughs> that we have will not fall short. And Jen said something about um, families and people worrying that when the church is raptured, and the rapture is the harpods of the snatching away. But the ones that we love and care for who don't know Jesus. Well, I'm going to tell you now what the word of God says. And there's a blessing whenever you read Revelation. Now this, what I'm reading you now, is literally when we, the church, the ecclesia, are taken out of this planet. Now this is what the word of God says. 
to all those. This is John. Then I looked and there was a great multitude which no one could count. No one could count. From all nations, tribes and people and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Clothed with white robes. White robes. Look that one up for yourselves. Palm branches. Victory. And they cried out. Salvation belongs to God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Then moving on a little bit. Then one of the elders asked me. This is what. This is John. Who are these clothed in white robes? And where did they come from? I said to him, sir. You know, he said to me, these are those which came out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made themselves white with the blood of the Lamb. There is going to be such a gathering in the tribulation period, the seven years that the devil thinks he's going to rule and reign this earth. But there is going to be saints that come out of that church come out of that in that time the church will be gone but everything that we've prayed for the prayers that we have prayed over our families the light that we have shown the times that we've shared the gospel message with them every seed that has been sown whether they believe it or believe it not will be there and the holy spirit will be there at that time, there will be the 144,000 who are marked. There will be the two evangelists. There will be angels. There will be supernatural stuff going on. There will be revival in the time of tribulation. Yes, they will lose their lives. Make no bones about it. They will lose their lives. But they will be with Jesus because the word of God says. So let us be absolutely clear. When we shine our light to our loved ones and they reject it. And they, they turn and mock us and scoff off. That light has still been shone. Every time we've shared scriptures with them, every time we've shared the word of God with them, there's a seed been sown. The devil doesn't want you to sow seeds, but there is a seed and God will water it because he says there's going to become a time when a great multitude from every tribe, language and culture stands in heaven. And that's those that are coming out of the tribulation. So let your light shine. Let your light shine. To your loved ones. I don't care how much sin they are in now. Whether they are homosexual. Whether they are thieves. Whether they are murderers. Whether they are robbers. Whether they are in adulterous relationships. Keep letting your light shine. Keep preaching the gospel. Keep sharing the word. Yes they might not make the rapture. But Lord. God only knows there's going to be a great multitude of people. And that's what the word of God says. So share your light, share yeah. your gospel. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, this is this is quite funny. But um uh, we took our Christmas decorations down yesterday, but I love I love the lights, the, the, the fairy lights. So I put some fairy lights in the hall, uh, dangling off this big plant in the hall we live in an apartment and our apartment is extremely dark at night you turn the light off and you don't know whether you've got your eyes open or not because it's so dark um but because ian loves his technology he put these lights in the hall and all the other lights on this on this timer so i'm lying there in the dark 
at six o'clock this morning and suddenly this bright light comes on and it starts flashing and doing all, you know, things that you, your lights on your tree do and then madly flashing. And I'm lying in bed and I want to be dark, in the dark. I want to be asleep and these lights are flashing. And like John was saying, it was offensive to me because mm. I wanted to stay in the dark. I wanted to stay asleep. And this light was shining bright and flashing in my face and I couldn't ignore it. I had to physically get up out of bed and turn the thing off. And, and, and then I was awake and I couldn't, I couldn't go back into the darkness or the sleep anymore because now I'd, I'd seen this, these lights and I was wide awake. And, and that's what happens when we share this, this light. And I think, we think our lights are these little like fairy lights. We're only little. But you, you're that light that hits the darkness and somebody that's asleep, it's, it can be offensive, it can be a shock, but the, work, the light's gone in, as John said, the light's gone in, and they can't go back to sleep, they can't undo what's already been done, they've heard it, the seed's been planted, the light's shone into their darkness, and they've actually got to physically turn that off and ignore it. And, and, and de desperately, I mean, like deliberately turn away from that because now the light shone in their hearts. And that's what happens when we share the gospel. So, you know, don't, don't like despise what you think is your, your, you know, your little light, this little light of mine. It's like, this, it's, the, it's not our light, it's the light of Jesus that shines right, bright, flashing lights, if you like, into, into people's souls. So don't underestimate the light that you carry. Yeah. And, and just, I'll just go on, forgive me. Some of you know I've got an allotment, hurrah. Uh. <laughs> but the seed, I've got about 30 packs of seed. But if I leave them in the bag, they're useless. Uh, yeah, you know, and I know Jen often says, if only we knew what we had always. And I'm, I'm obviously off a journey, Jen, with this. And, and a couple of times, I actually thought, it's not what we are, but who we are. Yeah. If only we know yeah. who yeah. we are within us. Yeah. Which is the same thing. Mm -hmm. But the who we are is, is the light. Mm -hmm. And I know when I walk away from God, and, and I did for many years, when you had opportunities to witness your clothes, you put your seed back in the box. Because you thought, I don't want to share the gospel. I don't want to share. I want to enjoy life and enjoy sin. And, 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 the, and I was praying this morning, in fact, for the last 10 years, and we've been with Jen, we've walked with the Lord, but it's still a seed, you can keep it in your packet, and you're never going to grow any cucumbers <laughs> or sprouts. It's only when you bring them out you grow it. Into the light. <laughs> Into the light. Yeah. Okay. Lovely, that's great. Don't forget this. This uh, light within the pen. You know, if we were to turn off the, all of the lights and it was completely dark, that would still be shining, wouldn't it? And that would what be, be what you would look at. So the final verse is... Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Come on. Oh, there we are. Isaiah 61 to 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the, of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples, which we, is happening all around us. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness 
of your dawn. Amen. So we'll just... Um, that was the, the verse, those verses, is what we had when we started the church. Yes, yes it was. Yeah, yeah. So we'll just, um, we'll just pray for each other. Um, you know, just sit and just let the Holy Spirit reveal stuff that maybe is in our lives, in your lives, in my life. What is blocking our light? You know, and, and it's good to go to the Lord, you know, on a regular basis, really, to see if there's anything. Show, search me, oh God, and see if there's any offending way in me. But today it's about what's blocking our light. And if there is, then we just repent and we pray for each other. And then, you know, the Lord will help us to, um, to remove that, that blockage that's blocking our light. Because as we say after, week after week, time is short and uh, we need to get that light of the gospel out there.